0: Yo, what's up, you guys? It's your girl, Trudy LPC, and thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of the Self-Aware and After Podcast. I have a very special guest today, and I know you guys probably say, you say that all your guests are special, but this one... This time, I really mean it. This is someone that I've known for at least a decade or so at this point. And we have a very unique story of how we came together. We actually met when we were both working at two different agencies in the state of Georgia. And ever since 2009, we have pretty much grown so much over the years and watched each other evolve. So please welcome to the show, Damian Hutchins. He is a um, Arthur, he's a pastor. He is an educator, Air Force veteran. He pretty much is an all-around, awesome human being. And I am so grateful that he's taken time out of his schedule today to speak with us and share a little bit about his story. So welcome to the show, Damien. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day. How have you been?
1: Thank you so much for having me. I have been great, staying positive, trying to stay cool in this. Okay. And it is such a pleasure to be with you today on your show.
0: Thank you so, so much. I feel like it's been forever since we've been able to actually talk offline, but I'm definitely it's great to see your face today and really be able to connect with you and have you share so much about yourself and your your journey, your story that you've gone through over the years. So I do want you to introduce yourself. I know I gave you a soft promo intro, but I want you to introduce yourself and tell the audience a little bit about, you know, yourself and what you do, because you you do a lot. So I, I just want you to introduce yourself for us. Right. I do. I do a
1: lot. But it all started because I am an adoptee. When I was six months old, my Mm. mom abandoned me because she was at a different place in her life at that time. She was 19 years old and I was her third child. And so she left me with a family member and I ended up going into the the social services system. And. After that happened, I, I was adopted into a family where the abuse and the neglect continued. And so I really had to learn how to depend on all the strategies that I do growing up about how to depend on God, how Mm. to depend on myself, how to depend on friends, Mm. but most importantly, how to depend on God. It was in 1993, August 14th, 1993. Oh, you
0: can remember right down to the
1: date. <laughs> I do. That my adoptive father said to me, you know, I'm taking you to Howard University, right? I said, yes, sir. He mm-hmm. says, you know, I'm leaving you there, right? I said, yes, sir. And he took me all the way there. He said, you know, I don't have any money to put you through school, right? I said, yes, I guess so. Mm-hmm. And he took me to Drew Hall. Okay. Drew Hall, 529 Gretchen Place for my Howard alum. Um, Drew Hall dropped me off there and said to me, call me when you can't make it on your own anymore.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: that was August 14th, 1993. But because of what I learned about God, because of what I learned about trusting in God, mm-hmm. I am here today and I have not had to call him since 1993. So Wow. I know, right? That's crazy. So, so he just dropped you off. Yes, he just dropped me off. Just right there at the at the front of the school, I had a suitcase. And um, it was one little suitcase with everything that I had. And mm. it was just a blessing that every time I needed something, there was always someone who was there. Mm. And so while yes, I did endure quite a few different types of abuse growing up. Mm. Um, one thing that my adoptive mother did well is that she pointed me to the direction of God. And it was really weird because I'm like, well, how could a God who loves me allow me to go through these things? But I did not understand that that was the foundation. That was the calling for me. Mm. Okay. A lot of people don't understand that calling is not that you ne- necessarily necessarily, Mm -hmm. That you wake up at three o'clock in the morning and, you know, the TV is speaking (laughs) to you and you get called. Sometimes your call happens because you survived something that nobody would have ever thought you could have survived. And, you know, to to see. And so um, you asked me, what was it that kind of led towards that that call? Well, for me, be very honest with you, I didn't understand it as a call. Hmm. Back in 1996, three years later, I was a part of a church, and I was an armor bearer. Okay. And so, for your for your listeners that don't know what an armor bearer was, yeah, basically, you have refresh me. <laughs> right, that's that's the person that carries the pastor suitcase okay the person that just walks around it's like the pastor's little security person pastor that carries the person Mm -hmm. that carries the pastor's nose runs up to the pulpit and sits the bible down and everything and so as an armor bearer I was always around this pastor wherever we went I was Mm -hmm. and what I started to notice was that girls like pastors okay girls like preachers and so forth and so I said Well, I declare, if I really want to. I know you didn't become a pastor (laughs) (laughs) because you like the girls. Right, because I said, well, this is how you can get their attention and they're attracted to power. Then I'm going to do that. Now, I didn't realize that God was already paving the way. I -hmm. thought that I was going into this so I could get some numbers and get some other stuff. But (laughs) little did I know that God was using me in that. Area. It wasn't until I got into the Air Force and started to tell my story more, mm-hmm. started to get to know people that God really started to help me to see that everything I had been through was yeah. preparing me to be in ministry. And wow. so, you know, it and I have learned over the years that the attention and the power is not all this cracked up to be. Mm-hmm. But I needed that experience so that God could put me in a position mm-hmm. Where God wanted me to be. So I've enjoyed being a, a pastor, a former pastor, a hospital chaplain, hospice chaplain, yeah, um, college chaplain. Girl.
0: You've been down through there because I was like, I feel yes. like back in the day talking to you, it's like you I think you were driving from like Georgia to South Carolina or something to yes. work. And I was like, oh my yes. God, like I thought I was driving far at that time. Yes. You were like driving super far, but you've done yes a lot and you had a lot of experience. And I know, you know, we talked a little bit about you being a pastor and answering the call. And I mean, of course, you know, let's just bring the, address the elephant in the room. Like you're a pastor, Mm -hmm. you're a man of the cloth and you're on a show called self-aware and fucked up. I mean, I say Mm -hmm. effed up to be cute and, you know, (laughs) savvy, Mm -hmm. but you know, you're on a show like that. Why would you do something like this? You know, as far as you know, putting yourself out there because I'm sure a lot of church folks gonna have some opinions about a a passive being on a show like this. Well, I,
1: one first thing I will say is that people are gonna have opinions about everything, <laughs> and that's why I do what I do mm-hmm. because, to be honest, I love the title of your podcast mm-hmm. because it describes my life and so many lives of people that I know so life. well. <laughs> right? You know, and so it really. Uh, the title, self and f Up, really describes my understanding of myself mm. um, and appreciation of myself. I often tell people, pastor is what I do. That's mm. not who I am. And part yeah. of the problem with many church folks is that we put pastors on this particular pedestal because mm. they think that that's who they are, when in reality, pastoring, serving, helping, listening, encouraging, that's what I do. But at my core, I'm very well aware of the ways in which I am effed up, too. Hmm. And the good thing is that as I understand God and the God in me, there is no surprise that there is not this this God that looks like Santa with a a long beard that's saying, oh, I can't believe that Damien is this way. No, I am who I am. And so I love this idea that we can come to a place in God and in ourselves where we can be self-aware and effed up and know that we are loved.
0: Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm glad. One, I'm glad you like the title because I kind of like it myself because it does describe me. That's kind of how we got there because a lot of people are self-aware and effed up and a lot of people really, um, they, they struggle with coming to terms with that part of themselves. We're all flawed. We're all individuals who are still trying to figure it out because we know right. that when we stop figuring it out, you know, that particular point. You know, it's it's a slow fall to destruction. So I really appreciate you, you know, stepping aside, putting the title aside and really being able to be authentic with people, because I think that's something that we all need. We talk a lot about church and there's a lot of people that play church, as I call it. But what role do you actually see spirituality playing in the church?
1: Right. Well, um, it's a good question. <clears throat> and. I'll put it this way, I've heard someone, I don't know if it was Donald Lawrence, some gospel singer, mm. say that all of us are spiritual beings. Right. Yeah. Um, and I re- I really believe that all of us are spiritual beings. And so I believe that the church is not so much a building as it is a collection of spiritual beings mm. who are all working this thing out called life. Yeah. And what that looks like, you know. And here's the thing: I think that spirituality in The church shows up the moment all of us show up. It's just that spirituality looks different for each Mm -hmm. person. And I think that that's okay. You know, for so long, we've been taught that you have to come to church. You have to do things this way, Mm -hmm. have to walk this way, you have to dress this way, you have to act this way. And that, I think, takes away the autonomy of people to be their authentic selves and to demonstrate their what they believe to be spirituality for them.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Um, But, you know, all of us are spiritual beings with our effed up selves. Mm
0: -hmm. We are, Mm -hmm. you know, we we definitely are (laughs) myself at the top of the list. But I think that... I know a lot of people do struggle with that, that idea. When you talk about like being authentic, I love that when I was um, kind of prepping for the show, you talked about that authentic spirituality being something that was very important to you. Like, what do you think classifies something as authentic spirituality? Because a lot of us play around, but how do you, mm-hmm. how do we know when it's authentic?
1: I think it's authentic when we're able to move to our spiritual shower self. <laughs> Shower self. I use my air quotes for shower shower self. self? (laughs) And here's here's what I mean by that. When I go out in public, I look good. I mean, you can't tell me that I don't look good. I go out and make sure that my beard is trimmed to the teeth. I make sure that I look good. I Mm. make sure that I smell good. I make sure that everything about me is just right. Because after all, you know, I got to go out here and I have to represent, you know, and I have to be looking wonderful. But baby, when I get in the shower, Mm. that's when I can be the real me. All the rolls come rolling out. Uh, You know, when I when I'm out in public and I got to smile, even though I really want to cry, when I have to be nice to people, even when I really want to cuss. When I get into the shower, I can cuss. I can fuss. I can be my authentic Mm. self. And I don't have to make any apologies. I don't Mm -hmm. have to explain myself to anybody. And so for me, authentic spirituality is when we're able to take that shower self out Mm -hmm. into the world. And so now there are days when I go out and my beard is not going to be all the way perfectly trimmed. Guess what? That hasn't stopped people from saying hello. Mm -hmm. That hasn't stopped people from wondering what's different about this person. There'll be some times when, you know, I I might look like... (laughs) Um, I'm a little bit easier to see or fat, in other words, but but that's okay now, you know. And so in the same way, my spirituality is the same way, you know. um, People will often try to correct me, church folks especially, will try to correct me because I may say, you know, a a curse word here or there. And I remind folks that there is nothing that I'm going to say or do That's going to shock the divine. Right. Right. Especially not the divine that's in me. Mm. And, you know, if I have already said it, then I've already thought it. And so if I've already thought it, I might as well communicate what it is I'm trying to say so that I can be true to myself. And that's where I try to get folks really is to a place where they understand that authentic spirituality is when you're okay Mm -hmm. with being who you be. Right. As one of my, I better give credit, as one of my uh, seminary professors, former seminary professors would have said, being who you be is different than the person in who you are. Yeah. Who you be is that shower self. Yeah. Who you are is, is how you present to everyone.
0: Gotcha. Yeah. I, I mean I'm starting to question myself over here, like do I, do I let my shower self go outside? I I, I have to ponder on that a little bit more, but uh-huh. I do um I feel like a lot of us definitely over the years have learned to always mm-hmm. be on and not be off. Like right now, mm-hmm. I can't tell if I'm on or off because you, which version of me you get depends on who I'm talking to at the time. But right. I think that a lot of us, we we feel like we have to, to fit this role or this bubble when it comes to spirituality. And so mm-hmm. when you talk about tapping into that authentic self, what, how would you guide someone, you know, that maybe they're not necessarily play in church they may not necessarily fully understand their authentic spirituality and what that even looks like for them how would you guide some of them and help them move from that place of what i call playing church to a place Mm -hmm. of that more authentic self Mm -hmm. um dr
1: naeem akbar Mm -hmm. wrote a book called know thyself and i think it is based off of an african proverb You know, and I I really believe that in order to guide a person toward a relationship with God, it starts with guiding them towards developing a relationship with themselves, Mm. getting them to a place where they stop, where we, (laughs) we stop lying to ourselves, you know, and, and I know that. As a counselor, you can appreciate having clients that come to you and, you know, they're mm-hmm. laying out all of these different problems. And and in the back of your mind, you're saying, "Now nah, you know, good and well, you are the reason behind this.
2: Um, <laughs> of course not. But not many time,
1: you know, no, no, no. We, we would <laughs> never. We would never. You know, yeah. But, you know, our church folks like to do that. And so I really try to get people to recognize that you cannot develop a strong, intimate relationship with God until you develop that intimate relationship with yourself. Wow. Be OK with saying this is how I feel. This is what I'm going through. Mm-hmm. This is this is what's really really happening with me. And that's why I can appreciate, and I promise you, I am not going to preach on your show, but that's why I can appreciate people like David in the Bible who Mm. really struggled with you know what? I like women. I, I, You know, I like women. I like, I, I like I'm going to like right, right. I'm a, I'm a be the king. Yes. But I want all of these here. Mm-hmm. Um, and he struggled and failed so many times. But he was OK with saying, yes, I struggled. Yes, I failed. But mm-hmm. I know that God still loves me. And I think that that was a big part of why David was known as a man after God's own heart, because right. He was able to be clear with himself. You know, he David was one that was quick to say, "Had it not been for God on yeah. my side, um, I would have slipped a long time ago." Mm-hmm. And I have slipped many, right. many, many, many times. Mm-hmm. You know, we talking personally. Wa- we
0: talking about David. I'm just <laughs> I'm <laughs> talking, asking for
1: a friend, okay. <laughs> <laughs> right? <I'm> both, <laughs> okay. both, and so I know that I've. And you know, you know the reason why I slipped so many times because I'm so busy trying to fake instead of being honest about this is what I want in the beginning. This is what I want up front. And so it's very difficult to develop this intimate relationship with God. If you don't have an intimate relationship with yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, And so as a result, we end up putting God into this sort of category where um, God has to be the fix up person, Mm -hmm. Rather than the person that is one and the same with us. Now, I just messed up about 95 percent of your strong church going listeners (laughs) by saying the God that is with us, hmm. the God that is in us, Mm -hmm. the God that is us.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, we could definitely dive a little <laughs> deeper into that because I don't think a lot of people are ready for that conversation because we we don't necessarily want to see ourselves as that that within us. We, we look mm-hmm. at that as blasphemy, or you know, we mm-hmm. look at that as us having false idols or prophets and things of that nature. So, like, we talk about that. You say it messes them up. Why do you think that messes them, them up so much?
1: Because it's it's. It seems it feels blasphemous to so mm-hmm. many people to trust God at God's word. Yeah. And what I mean by that is that God already put the spark of the divine in each and every one of us mm-hmm. when God created us, right. when God to be created in one's image.
0: OK, so I know that you kind of talked a little bit just then about this whole idea of um of us not having a situation where people are playing church. So how do people move from playing church to getting to a place where they can have this authentic spirituality that you spoke about? Well,
1: a lot of what I think is playing church is learned behavior. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is that, for example, I grew up in a congregation where you did not come to church, you didn't wear a certain thing. You sat down, you sang songs a particular Mm -hmm. way you got up, you left. I started to become introduced to denominations and churches where, where the only way that you knew, if you had had church air quotes, again, Mm -hmm. had church is if the passion, (laughs) if the, you know, if the pastor gave a good performance, right. Mm -hmm. And so we knew that the pastor gave a good performance. If we left out just, completely worn out from our aerobics exercise for an hour and a half running around. Yes. And I say, hollering and spitting on folks, you know, <laughs> He and, used to say
0: yelling and, at Jesus. So like, right, I used, to, yeah. I used yeah. to die a little bit every time. He said right.
1: Yell- yelling at Jesus and running around hollering and screaming and spitting at folks, you mm-hmm. know, and, um, but much of that is because this is what we've seen other people do. And yeah many times we have become conditioned to believe that that's the way that we get God's attention. Mm. Yeah. In my later years, I've gotten too fat to be doing all that <laughs> running and hollering and spitting on folks and stuff. And I have learned I that's can amazing. keep a whole lot of breath
2: Okay. by
1: just waving my hand or by just yes. saying, you know, God, I thank you that I woke up today yeah. or just having this time of just meditative thought. And it wasn't really until I got into pastoring. It wasn't until I was there in the congregation and I recognized that I had some people who were shouters. Mm -hmm. I had some people who would just sit and cry the whole service. I had some people who would just sit in this very reflective stance, Mm -hmm. but all of them, as you get to know them, all of them were living out their spirituality in their own way. No one felt like they had to play Mm -hmm. church because they could, they knew that they were free to come into the congregation and to just be who they be for that time.
0: Right. Absolutely. You've been
1: dealing with hell all week long. Mm. You might not feel like coming in and running. You may not be at the place where you feel like God is going to work everything out when the doctor has just told you that you've yeah. got less than four weeks to live. Wow. That may be a time when you want to come in and... You know, Mm -hmm. just really sit and you recognize you can do all the shopping in the world. Mm -hmm. It's not going to change the fact that you're in four weeks. Your time is up, you know, and so I move. I try to help people to move from a place of playing by helping them to see, once again, that divinity that's within Mm -hmm. is going to drive every action that they make, every move that they make. Yeah. And that division that that. Divinity within is directly um, connected to the spirituality. Yeah. It informs the spirituality that we demonstrate.
0: Why do you think people are so opposed to recognizing that divinity within?
1: It's a good question. Um, I think that one reason that is because it's a relatively new thought. It's a relatively mm-hmm. postmodern thought. okay. Because, and I, I don't know that it's really a new thought as much as we're just at a place now where we can accept it mm. as possible. Absolutely. Another thing is that life has been so difficult for so many people. And so here's the thing. A lot of people look at God as a father, mm. right? And In a society, a culture where father means a whole lot of things to a lot of people, that's not always a good thing. And so if you've got this negative impression of what it means to have a father, be a father, know a father, then that's how you're going to look at God in many cases, not all, but not exclusively, but in many cases, you know. And so I think that people are really afraid of acknowledging the divinity within because they don't want to acknowledge the ways it that you know, if this is what God is really like my father, mm-hmm. then I'm not sure that that's I don't know, that I really want somebody that's gonna abuse me, mm-hmm. abandon me, talk down to me, treat me like I'm not anything um, yeah. I'm not sure that that's what I want to do right um the other the other piece to that is people don't want to acknowledge that um because it's you don't have to be as accountable, mm. Mm-hmm. Right. When you recognize that you've got the divinity within, then you can't play the victim. Hello, somebody.
0: Okay. Yeah. Well, they definitely not going to like that. I, I totally, <laughs> um, but, you know, this, this show is not about what you like. It's about being real and being authentic and getting to the core of what things in your life you need to fix in order to be mm-hmm. able to get to a better, more evolved, self-aware and effed up version of yourself. Because we, right. we all going to be at some point, there are going to be parts of us that are effed up. And that's just life. And that's just a part of who we are. And this show, it is partially to reach, you know, maybe people who um, some Christians out there who maybe don't fully understand the, the role of spirituality and the differences between playing church and, and having an authentic relationship. But I'm curious about how we reach people that are outside of the four walls, that are not necessarily getting their spirituality from church. What can How do we reach that population of people?
1: Mm-hmm. I cuss a lot.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: (laughs) 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 Right. Yes, I do. But, you know, I I really honestly believe I've always heard that if you're the smartest person in the room, Mm -hmm. then you're not doing yourself or anybody else any favors. Right. And I keep a lot of people who I am friends with a lot of people who are not in the church, Mm -hmm. you know, a lot of people who are not religious. And guess who also did that? This person that a lot of your your <laughs> uh, your listeners may have heard of, his name is Jesus. Yeah, and I'm I'm not talking about the magical baby Jesus. Mm. Um, I'm talking about the Jesus who actually had a whole bunch of friends. Mm. Some who were hood, some mm-hmm. who were liars and cheaters, some who were all that kind of stuff. And that's all the folk he hung out with.
0: Right. Yeah. He was and out there in
1: so the streets. I used <laughs> right. He was for for real. He out was there. in the streets. You know? And people, you know, have this idea that because it's not explicitly stated in the text, then mm-hmm. it must not have happened. Yeah. But anybody whose first miracle is mm-hmm. to turn water into wine, you are no good and well. You know, they, had they had some in this,
0: OK, they, 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 had they, some they were out
1: there. Right. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. And so I think, you know, um, I'd love to come back. On your show, and actually do a deep dive into mm. this idea of is God effed up? It would mess up. A whole lot
0: of okay. I have to pray is, about that one because i and, one. Yeah,
1: and here's and here's the you know and here's the thing you know as you look throughout Scripture. This image of God as this happy person who always fixed everything, who always right. made everything better, that's not a true image of God of the Bible, right New or Old Testament. Mm. Yes, there were places in there where healing took place. Yes, there were places where miracles took place. But there were also places where yeah. people had to die.
2: Mm. There were
1: also places where people at the command of God, yeah. Had to be killed because of decisions that they made or simply because God decided one day, you know what? I'm sick all y'all. I'm, <laughs> y'all let me just start over and just kill everybody. Oh, we don't want to talk about that because yeah. the God, I serve as wonderful. Yeah. The God, I serve as great <laughs> and would never cause anything and allow anything to happen bad in my life. Yeah. Well, I'm not so sure.
0: Yeah, I'm not so sure. Yeah, got me over here examining my life and the things that have happened and I I do believe in in Romans 8 28 that all things work together for my good but it's a lot of bad shit that happened in between it working together for the good and that's what people don't want to talk about so I definitely appreciate the authenticity that you bring you know you said you cuss a lot because I'm really I know like I feel like Gen Z and the millennial generation, even though I'm technically a millennial, but don't tell anybody. But I mean, I feel like that population can be harder to reach. And I know you said cursing, but, you know, is there any other finesse to how people in that generation are reached? Or even, you know, do you even see differences in how they connect with spirituality versus how maybe some of our boomers or older adults kind of connect with the word and with church? Right. See, so um, I
1: like to meet people exactly where they are. Mm. And one of the things that COVID has taught us is that you don't have to be in a building. Yeah. And, you know, I love part of where ministry and education collide. Mm. I love the fact that I have so many kids who are teaching me about technology, about social media, about mm. different ways and and I remember pastoring my last church where a lot of the teenagers and the young adults would say, you know what? I love I love watching you. Mm. I'm not going up in that building, but I will be online <laughs> okay. every Sunday. And I'm going to watch you while I'm sipping on my whatever I'm sipping on from uh, from the night before. And I'm going to sit there and I'm going <laughs> to listen stupid. to you. But I'm Right. Right. <laughs> right. And the juice. Mm. And, you know. Uh, but I'm not going in that building and being able to meet them at that place, not, um, not discouraging or minimizing who they are as human beings. Mm -hmm. And more than that, loving them for wherever they are in their journey, loving Mm -hmm. them for wherever they are um, at their, in their, in their place, in their journey. I'll never forget my um, last church, Um, there was a, a young lady that I had, um, she was a lesbian. Mm -hmm. Um, she was out, she was very open about it, Mm -hmm. but she would not come into the church. She grew up in that church, but every time she came to the church, the people would just treat her so, so, so badly millennial. Mm -hmm. Um, and they would treat her so badly. This is someone she grew up, you know, person they grew up with. You know, and I'll never forget when she came to me and she says, you know, the only reason I started coming back is because I knew that you were a pastor who just accepted me just as I am.
3: Yeah.
1: You know, and I think that a part of reaching any generation Mm. is to be transparent enough to show them that I have my flaws. Mm. I have my weaknesses. Um. And my wife will tell you, I got enough. (laughs) I got enough of them, you know. (laughs) But the difference is that I'm clear about where I am. Yeah. You know, I am an open book. If I did it, I did it. Now, I don't necessarily recommend that for everybody because they may not be at that place yet.
3: Yeah. But I'm,
1: you know, I'm too old now to be trying to hide behind who I be, Mm. what I like, who I like. And that's been a draw for millennials and Gen Z. That here's okay. a person who can say, yes, this is what I like. He's not gonna run away just mm. because we called him over for a, a family reunion mm. and everybody's there drinking, and you know, and, I, and, <laughs> and, and and smoking. And you know, and I ain't talking about Newports, they smoking <laughs> the good stuff. Right. Yeah. You know, and you know, I pull up and everybody doesn't have to go run for cover. Right. You know, there there was that time the pastor come over to your house. You got to put out the bowl of mints and put out the whole oh the the, the you know, over the big, come over here the and big go bible get a <laughs> Right, you know the big Bible and all. When they yeah. recognize that they had a person who's just going to meet them where they are, and yeah. Lord knows I've had my my share of going over to be with folks and minister with folks, and I left going you know, I feel pretty good. <laughs> What's going on here, you know?
0: Yeah, well, I mean, I, I think that's awesome that you're able to kind of meet people where they are. I always say we do that a lot in therapy and, you know, mm-hmm. having to kind of meet that person. I'm not going to match your energy in that way. Like, I'm not going to be depressed. I'm not coming down be to be depressed with you. But I definitely yeah. can can at least put my affect where your affect is so that we can connect. So I can definitely understand that. But I think that it's so important, especially where we are, because we got a lot of shit going on in the world. Like just in general, you got all these shootings going on. You have, you know, obviously we acting like the pandemic is over and it's clearly not. And there's just so, so much. And I haven't been to a church for anything other than a funeral or a wedding and probably about, I'm coming up on six or seven years at this particular point, mm-hmm. and maybe actually a little bit longer because I, I definitely, that's not something that I, I want to be a part of it as far as organized religion. But mm-hmm. I do think it's important for everyone to have a spiritual foundation. I always tell people I'm very spiritually connected, you know, to my higher power, but the church, y'all can have that, you know, all to yourselves. But I, I do, I'm grateful that there are people out there like you who was able to. Create that safe space for people to connect and build a relationship with a higher power. Mm -hmm. Another thing that I think is really important, and I don't know where you are on this. I think I kind of know, but the, the church and mental health. Like that has been like something that has bothered me for a very long time. I'm curious what your thoughts are on how the church handles mental health Ill- issues and illnesses within the um the parish or whatever you call it. <laughs> the they people, suck. Of the congregation.
1: <laughs> they suck.
0: Okay. Because
1: for so long there's been this idea that long as I got Jesus, I don't need, need nobody, nobody else. else. Yes. And that <laughs> is the biggest crock of bull. That I have ever heard mm-hmm. because I have learned in my life that I better have Jesus, mm-hmm. a therapist, and sometimes a psychiatrist too. Yeah. And I'm grateful to God I have all three of them okay. because they're going to be sometimes, yes, Jesus is on the main line. You mm-hmm. can tell Jesus what you want, but you're going to need to get some help to get right. to that place. <laughs> Absolutely. Right? You can call Jesus all you want. And that's not to say, that is not, I want to be real clear. That is not to minimize um, what, how anyone thinks about Jesus and Mm -hmm. the power of God to heal or the power of God and miracles. I don't want to take away from anyone's personal belief, Mm -hmm. but I have seen way too many um, well-meaning Christian, religious, spiritual people drop dead. Mm-hmm. because they did not want to get the help that they needed because they were conditioned to believe that something must be wrong with me right. if I pray and nothing changes, Absolutely, you know? Um, and I think that the church has not done well in that area. And, and here's the thing. Um, if you think that Jesus didn't have any kind of therapy or anybody to talk to Mm -hmm. You know, once again, it goes back to just because it's not in the text doesn't mean it didn't happen.
0: Right. You know,
1: and when you are dealing with folks and all they mess all the time, there were plenty of times Jesus (laughs) had to get away. Yeah. You know, get away. And I fully believe that, you know, part of why Jesus would go and spend time with people, you know, it wasn't because, you know, Jesus was homeless and didn't Mm -hmm. have a place to live. That was a grown man, Mm -hmm. Jesus with a trade. So I believe that part of that was Jesus's self, you know, self-care, if you will. Mm -hmm. Um, Jesus's way of taking care of his own mental health was being around other people church yeah. has got to do a better job of collaborating with yeah. counselors, therapists, psychiatrists, psychologists, people that can help folks to work through stuff. Right. Because, you know, life is hard enough. Exactly. Religious life is a, an additional <laughs> layer.
0: If it working,
1: is. Right. Working through all your spirituality and all your mess. That's mm-hmm. a completely different layer. Right, And all of these things have to work together. You know, even as a pastor, I have a pastor, I have a therapist, mm-hmm. I have a psychiatrist, I have a psychologist. And they all, you know, and the irony is they often all have very similar
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, tools and yeah. very similar things that they're telling me,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, but they work together. <laughs> You
0: know, I'm telling you, you out there, we need, we need help. <laughs> but Right. 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 <laughs> yeah. But no, I, I definitely get it. I'm, I tell people probably every episode, I'm a therapist that will forever be in therapist. But I, I got a psychiatrist, too. I don't have a psychologist, you know, because I just don't have one. But um I do have a, right. a therapist and a psychiatrist that I see because... If you listen to people, and I can imagine, like like you said, with Jesus being out there and, and having all of this stuff going around him, I'm sure he needed mm-hmm. somebody to talk to. Or, mm-hmm. You know, I'm not going to go any further into that. because. Well,
1: <laughs> and, and here's the other thing, Tree. Suicide is very real. Yeah. And it I've is. seen it. I've seen it too many times. Heart attacks, very real. Mm-hmm. From stress, strokes. Yes. From stress. All because folks didn't want to go get help. Yeah. Not because nothing was wrong with their heart. It was because Mama died twenty years ago, and you still ain't been able to work for your grief. Yeah. And so now you, you know, your your body has eventually just shut down.
0: Exactly. Yeah. And I think that that's why self care is so important within mm-hmm. all spaces, not just the church, but just everywhere. What are your thoughts on self care, and why do you feel like it's so important for for us?
1: Okay. Um, once again, another good question. I self care is something I really had to learn how to do mm-hmm. because I always had been taught that Christians should be so selfless mm. that they should take care of everybody else before they take care of themselves. They should always look at you know look at helping somebody else, looking helping everybody. Guess what? You've been killed yourself doing that. Right. This is why. When yeah. you get on that airplane, they tell right. you before you go start helping other folks, if that little thing pop up from out the ceiling, put your put your mask on first before you go and try helping other folks.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Right? Um, in this COVID time, we Lord knows we've had this stuff with masks. Baby, you better go, you better put your mask on before you go around trying to help somebody else that's coughing and 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 breathing Good. on you.
0: They're and, coughing, and I'm so running. Forth. Okay, I'm not going in right. near, <laughs> Period. Right.
1: And if you do, make sure you have on your and self care is the same way, you mm-hmm. know. And so I think that it's important that we really learn how to unplug scriptural. Mm -hmm. Jesus knew how to get away from folks. Jesus knew how to say, guess what? Y'all going over there. (laughs) I'll see y'all when I get there. All right.
0: Yeah.
1: I'll catch you later. I Mm. need some time to myself. You need, we need to have time to ourselves. Yeah. Um, Another tip for self-care that I would say is learn how to say no.
2: Yeah.
1: You know, not only unplug, but learn how to say no.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, This this same seminary professor, um, Dr. Willie Goodman um, (laughs) from the Interdenominational Theological Center, he used to always tell us, he said, you know, if you don't learn how to say no, Mm -hmm. then folks are always going to come to you and eventually you're going to drop dead. And you know what we're going to do? We're going to take you. We're going to put you. We're going to roll you down into the church. Mm -hmm. We're going to say some lies over you. (laughs) <laughs> We're going to take you out to the seminary, cemetery
2: mm-hmm.
1: and plant you in the ground. We're going to go back to the church and say, ooh, eat some chicken and macaroni and cheese and green mm-hmm. beans and cornbread and find somebody else to go and stress out. Yeah. Don't you let folks stress you out. Learn how right. to say oh." N-O. It's OK to turn yeah. down stuff. Even Jesus said did not heal every single person. Mm. Even God did not requ- answer every request. Yeah. Sometimes you have to say no for your own self care.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Well,
1: I, um, I and, go ahead. Oh, no, you know, and we talked about this. You know, I am famous for deactivating social media.
0: <laughs> yes. Like you look on Facebook, and anyway, you, you go on quick, and I'm right. like, what's What's going on? Where's mm-hmm. David?
1: Because I I recognize that for me, sometimes I can get so involved in what people think, mm. you know, that it messes with my own spirit. And I cannot allow my own peace to mm. be negatively impacted by what I see in the scroll. You know, Absolutely. all of that is those are things that can go into your spirit. Right. I believe, you know, and so when I feel like it's getting to be too much. Mm-mm. I need to take a break for myself. I need to learn how to sit back, say no.
0: Yeah, I, th- I think I that that's a really important tool. I- I'm not great with, with deactivating for extended periods of time. Um, I had mm-hmm. another guest on the show and she talked about her like deactivating for like months or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, I don't know if I can do it. One, because I use Facebook a lot for business stuff. And it's like if I deactivate my personal account, then it deactivates everything. And it's like I still got stuff I need to do. But I I, I feel jealous and envious of the fact that people some people just can just take it off and not deal with it for periods of time. So I, I do think that it's something a lot of people need to do more often. Because we do, we get caught up in other people, their opinions and what's going on with them. And it really just kind of creates a cloudy space for ourselves in terms of our mental wellness. And so you got all of this going on in your ear and your eyes. You got all of this in your spirit. It's hard to kind of focus in on what's important. And the main thing is taking care of yourself and your mental wellness. So I right, did why that.
1: am I not good enough? Look <laughs> at what they got. Right. Am I might not, you know.
0: And you don't yeah. know they out there, you know, um, <laughs> I'm not going to say that. They, they out like there tricking tricking, this off man. stuff and doing all kinds of man. crazy stuff. And you over here want to be like them. And it's like, okay, well, if that's what you want, but right. you know, there are other ways to get there. And I'm not saying everybody that's, you know, in that prosperity space is tricking off, but a lot of them are. So
1: right. that's
0: that. But Damien, I so appreciate you, like, talking with me, talking with the audience about um, just all the stuff that you shared about self-care, spiritual authenticity, and just really being able to get in tune with the God within yourself. I think that's so important. I know a lot of people probably not ready to hear, it, but they gonna hear it anyway. So I really appreciate that. I want you to share with the audience, how can they connect with you. I know you have a book that you've written and I know that you do a lot within the community as far as like church, your educator. How can people connect with you in order to purchase your book or just be able to to get more information from you?
1: Yeah, they can always they can always reach me by way of social media. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> when I'm there, yes. <laughs> when you're um, there. On Facebook at Damien Hutchins, on Instagram, of the three five seven Um, The name of my book is Fight From Not Enough to Good Enough. I thought I had one on my bookshelf, but it's called Fight, Mm F-I-G-H-T, From Not Enough to Good Enough. And a lot of what we talked about today, I cover in the book. Mm -hmm. Fight's an acronym that stands for faith, imagination, goals, help, and time. And so I walk through how all of that impacts one's spirituality in wow. a way that helps them to become authentic. And it's available by Amazon or wherever you get your books, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, wherever you get your books,
0: nice. it's available there. Awesome. Well, thank you so and much. And of
1: that. course, they can always reach out at Damien Hutchins at yahoo.com.
0: Okay. We gonna get the email out too. Good to you. So, I really like. I really truly appreciate you. This it means a lot to me that you took time out of your your schedule. I was gonna see if I could reach for one of your books, um, the, the book over there, but my bookcase is too far away for me as well. So, I'll not be able to do that. But I will definitely make sure I put the link um to the book in the description of this episode. Make sure you guys follow Damien on Instagram. Reach out to him if you have questions or if you want to connect with him and way and purchase his book. Also make sure you guys follow me, Treaty LPC, on all social media platforms under the handle Treaty LPC. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this week's episode. Make sure you tune in for next week's episode as well, where I'll be speaking with sex therapist Pontress S. Bailey. You guys don't want to miss that episode as well. Until next time, be safe, be well, and take care of your mental health.